0: Hey, brilliant, you guys. I have got a fucking doozy of an episode here with a guest I've been trying to bag to you for ages. I'm talking to Caroline Dooner, author of The Fuck It Diet, which I would say is quite frankly a masterpiece. I'm not being paid to say anything at all in this episode. I'm just speaking honestly. The book is the best... I mean, it's one of the best, if not the best book I've read about eating and about how to make your relationship with eating effortless. Um, And I've read loads now. It's funny and it's well written. It's so accessible. You sort of whip through it. And it's also full of really innovative and um, powerful kind of angles and insights. The Fuck It Diet. It is so good. Uh, And she's amazing on social media as well. As I said, I've been trying to get hold of her for ages and it is I, it was joyful to record a hoovering with her first up thanks for listening though to the podcast tell every other sausage about it won't you rate, review and subscribe why not why not helps other people find it if you give it five star review um, also I am doing hoovering live conversations at nine o'clock every Monday night on Instagram live so follow at the hoovering pod on Instagram and then on Mondays at nine I'll be talking to former guests face to face for some liquid hoovering and it's always so far been very very fun I've had people on like Jen Brister and Harriet Kemsley and Rosie Jones, and it's been well good. Um, if you've got any spare money, I reckon give it to the old Trussell Trust. Why not? They're running food banks and keeping people fed. They're doing a very important job. There's also a brilliant gig on every Saturday night. It's nothing to do with me, but it's um, it's called the COVID Arms. Kiri Pritchard McLean and um, Jess Lee Wilson, who runs Hallan Monsalt, Salt, um, two old friends, uh, set this up. Um, it's a Saturday night gig that comedians are. They're getting massive, high-profile comedians doing it from their homes. And they're raising tens of thousands of pounds um, for the Trust or Trust. So that is, a, I mean, a very cool, if you want to feel like you're doing something good and have a really good laugh, tune into that on Saturday nights. If after that you've still got spare money, you can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and I will swap exclusive podcast-related content for your hard-earned dollar. Um, for example, I am... Uh, I will either will have recently or will be about to soon um, put something just on for my $10 patrons and above, um, which is a conversation I managed to capture with my really disobedient, bossy, sexist kid. Okay. Let's get into this podcast. Caroline and I were in our own homes, obviously, um, but it's, it always would have had had to have been in, in the case of this conversation she lives in Philadelphia. And I'm in London. Uh, we had something to eat, but I'll let that be revealed in the conversation. It's a real honour to have guests on this podcast who are as informed and articulate, yet such joyful company as Caroline.
2: It's just odd. It's just really like,
0: it just hits me in waves of like,
2: what is word is happening
0: <laughs> I know, it's surreal isn't it and I think so um I mean to bring it on to eating stuff yeah. you, uh, but but also I think just generally your just your social media output is so such a tonic mm. in terms of um <laughs> I can I'm going to paraphrase now which is awful and I'm terrible at research but there was something quite early on in this that you either on instagram or on twitter or something that just said something along the lines of it is fine to just survive yes like was it that yes. i mean there's so many people i think who've gone and so many people's agents and bosses who have gone uh right now is the time then now's the time to get all that stuff developed right. let's get all that productivity right and you think, oh well actually we're in an international state of shock and grief like It's so
2: hard. It's yeah, I I feel I I, what I sense is that everybody, everybody seems to be feeling like they aren't doing quarantine, right? That they are not using their time, (laughs) that they're not writing their next book, that they're not, you know, figuring out whatever, you know, Mm. getting in the best shape of their life or whatever, becoming like the best homeschool teacher while they also work. Like, it's just the expectations. And I'm even noticing this, like, I kind of have this this subconscious feeling of like, well, I have all of this time now. Why am I not accomplishing more? And it's like, no, you don't. I don't have life (laughs) is arguably harder in so many ways. Like it's just this weird expectation. And, and it's so, I feel like it's, it it really just is highlighting our culture, this kind of like constant um, feeling that we should be doing more or we're not doing it right. Or, or yeah we're not as far along as we should be and i feel like that's really manifesting right now which is fascinating but also Isn't makes it a lot of sense just a
0: kind of systematic i don't think it's very different here a kind of kind of we there's probably three or four generations moving and working and living now who will kind of never be satisfied mm. like this kind of constant um I don't know. Maniacal drive for perfection yes. in everything, in, yeah. in parenting, like you're saying, in everything. So, you for context, we're talking uh, specifically on this podcast about eating because you've written a book um, called The Fuck It Diet, which I think is absolutely stunning like um i did promise i would try not to be too fawning all through this but ultimately it's like uh, a kind of anti-diet bible and there are there are a few out there now i've spoken to some amazing people over the course especially in the last six months mm-hmm. um but um it's, it's very funny and very succinct and very accessible and powerful i mean i feel like there are angles you've found in this book that i um that I hadn't ever heard before, hadn't ever thought about. For I, I, um, I did a newspaper article, like interview, recently because um, it's the anniversary of the founder of Weight Watchers. Something to do with Weight Watchers, yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know, I, uh, I was asked for my opinion, etc. And I feel like I, 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 I and I just re- started rereading your book, Ready to Talk to You. Or, uh, you know revisiting it and I'm, I'm I was so annoyed because I had this interview the day before I read this incredible bit quite near the front of your book, where where basically I feel like I get asked and i'm sure you do too quite a lot, like how can you um How can you be anti-diet when there's an obesity epidemic? Mm, mm -hmm, And you mm -hmm. just have to. I had been giving these extraordinarily long, verbose. You know, a comedian trying to talk about, (laughs) trying to talk about something. She's not a dietitian or whatever, but just kind of saying, look, like if you there 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 actually there isn't any difference between fat shame and, uh, you know, uh, and. I've oh got I Basically, I'm doing it again now. But like, I was giving these huge long answers, trying to give an entire history of um, so, fat activism, hard. of 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 where shame around fatness began, why uh-huh. it is, how it's so insidious, the failure rate of diets, blah blah blah. And actually, like, you took it. You, the book, ex, your book, explains that like, not only does uh, does it bear no connection, it's probably almost certainly one of the causes. Yes, yes. Of un, of of unhealthiness. People equate oh anyway I've it's hard you could it, put I,
2: exactly what you're doing right now I, I run into this all the time and mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be really good at explaining this to people and <laughs> honestly i i get tripped up because i am yeah. um, i mean i think i can write about it really well because i'm you're allowed r- to take you, the, the book time. is perfect
0: basically basically get the book if you're listening just please get
2: the book <laughs> right but i i really especially 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 with people who are asking me to convince them or needing me to convince them. Mm. I really, I mean, I've never been good at debating. I, I, I I almost am like doing too much to like get into like, I'm like, well, I know that when I say this, they're going to think this. So I'm like, I'm like, I need to explain all of this. And I've said before, um, you know, when I've done like Q and A's on my Instagram or people say, okay, well, can you just give me a really quick overview of everything in your book? And it's like, well,
1: (laughs) there's actually a reason why it
2: took a whole, it took 80,000 words to explain what I wanted to explain. And it's just so it's, I really find it very, very, very difficult to, to sum it up because there's so much it's, it's there's so many layers to it there's so much Tasty. resistance that people have there's so yeah. there's so much to address that i real i find it really difficult but like you were saying if if i can just remember to to go to the weight stigma piece yes which is you know the actual experience of living in a larger body yeah is so chronically stressful because of our culture. Yeah. And that is actually, and you said this, this is, that is one of the main causes of the poor health outcomes that are, yeah. that's associated with obesity. So it is yeah. this loop that feeds itself and without any awareness and without anybody talking about that and without You know, our healthcare system really supporting people and understanding It seems
0: for a healthcare system, which you would would absolutely assume would have to be kind of predicated, you know, consumed with science and evidential stuff, when there is such overwhelming scientific evidence that diets don't work. But in fact, it's like, you know, it's that fundamental thing now. It's got to the point now where... And it still happens all the time because there's so much work to be done in the universe, especially for women. But but when a female friend talks to me about their weight loss or their dieting, um, you know, I feel really upset by it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I keep it, I keep my shit together right. um, because we're not there yet. Um, but ultimately, I come away from that conversation feeling like I've had the equivalent conversation to a friend telling me that they were um, sort of really enjoying their self harm at the moment. Be- yes, because. essentially maybe it boils down to this kind of uh, essentially that it's a disconnect the more you the more you control and restrict and count and weigh and uh, obsess over what you're consuming what you're eating and about food and about your body the more disconnected you become fundamentally from your intuition from your hunger and your fullness which I everything
2: Yes. And, and I, the other thing, you know, so I, I, I try to like, what are the bullet points? What are the things that are really going to kind of get people's attention and and resonate with them? And one of the biggest ones is explaining just the simple, and so we're all experiencing this to a certain degree, but explaining that restricting our food and even just having this like constant sort of like low grade guilt around our food. so, So it's the physical restriction, but it's also this like mental restriction, this, this beating ourselves up for how we're eating or how we're not doing good enough. That alone fixates our body and our brains on food. So our feelings of food addiction are actually being caused and, or then perpetuated by our own restriction and our own past attempts at dieting or current attempts at, at dieting yeah and then also the culture at large a culture mm-hmm. that's constantly dieting is inherently going to affect the way that we relate to food whether we want it to or not
0: yeah, of course.
2: so just explaining that you know our experiences of food addiction it really 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 do feel like food
0: addiction i mean i was convinced yeah. even though that's it's just the human condition yes i did oh i've got dear, a dear friend and it's nothing you know it's not uh, it's not stupidity, it's what's been drilled into you because it yes. does feel like an addiction because it feels like a compulsion because it's the human condition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when all you've ever been told is, well, you know, you must really always be trying to be smaller, mm-hmm. uh, uh, then you can't, um, you you need to look for some floral, something s- like an addiction so that it's something that you can fix. Right. But it's not just the human condition. Right, right. Exactly. I have a friend who calls it an oral fi- uh, an oral fixation. You're like, "No, no, it's just I know. It's hunger. And hunger isn't just physical and bodily, it's uh it's in emotional and mental and oh god. Um Anyway, we've I've got us tits deep into the juicy stuff without even asking you <laughs> anything flippant or joyful about. But um, <laughs> well, 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 I'm, I'm sure it will keep coming back to it. And I've got things I, I I'm desperate to ask you, but I, I just wanted to know how is um, how's lockdown eating going for you? Genu- Genuine. It's a great question. Um, I feel really lucky because yeah.
2: I I really do feel. Very, very healed with my relationship to food. And Mm. so I don't have the sort of panic around, oh no, I'm not gonna be able to get my good foods, my diet foods, I'm not gonna be able to stay on track. None of that is a part of the picture. The only, the only way that it's showing up for me is like, oh my God. Like I have to make myself food again.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, had to yeah. Find
2: I really a way did to like more food again. Like oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> I just I live in a city. I mean, so you probably know this like there's so much access to if I, you know, don't have food in my house and I don't have, you know, I can go out and I can easily pick stuff up or go eat out right. or and Yeah. I do that often enough and I, that's just something I can't do at all. So the, and the access to food too, like I was looking through my kitchen just now looking for something that I could eat on this podcast. And I was like, Oh my yeah. God, I really, like, I really, I like I'm, a, I'm eating the same thing every day these days. Because what are you eating every day? Dear. Great question. <laughs> um, I started out every morning. I would make myself, a breakfast sandwich and i would nice. do eggs and i would put feta and hot sauce in the eggs Ooh. and then really good you wouldn't think i've never sound, ever thought it, of feta and eggs but basically it's salt
0: right it's mm. so good
2: it's so so good like scrambled with the feta my problem Fuck. right now is that i can only get this feta that i love so much at the at the whole foods here and it's just yeah. impossible it's impossible to to oh. shop there so i've just been going to my stupid little health what, food
0: store in my area. So currently- Is now, it impossible because it's carnage or because it's queuing for like four hours? So and... the
2: the line outside is, yeah. I can't even believe it. And so yeah. I, and, and, you know, Amazon bought whole foods. So now there's this like Amazon prime delivery. And in the beginning mm. of the quarantine, I was able to get like a huge delivery. And now there's just no, I mean, everyone's doing it. So I have, you have to refresh the page a million times to like get a time slot. It just, there's no yeah. way. So no. <laughs> I'm pretty much just doing my, my grocery shopping now at this little neighborhood health food store. And there's okay. a lot of stuff I can totally survive on it. Um, they have good bread that I like. They, like they have the staples, but they do not have good feta.
0: <laughs> not this really, this one specific sexy feta. It's oh, so good. So, I know exactly what you mean though. And I think that's one thing. But even for people who are in, you know, as privileged a situation as both you and I are mm-hmm. is that we have access on foot, if needs be for me, you know, in the car to if I, I can drive for five minutes and have like a huge number of options of supermarkets mm-hmm. and they've all got, you know, different times for queuing and stuff like that. But you realise the, um, you know, uh, the privilege of that acknowledged mm-hmm. and the privilege of having the money to be able to go and get whatever there is right. in there and the and the time, right, and right. not the um then on then you get to the point of realizing this sort of weird emotional connection that you had to very specific yes, foods like yes. that brand of feta like yes. i've had um i i i got a, i got a right old pickle about eggs there was a patch of time here where we couldn't get eggs mm. and um i mean i was uh, I it's just i was just like oh well you know that's not i mean that's I don't think that's I don't think everything I mean that's everything's probably not going to be okay I mean I can do without anything else um <laughs> but everything's probably not gonna be okay what am I gonna get my kid um you know that's literally my ex lives down the road and he's having my kid half the time because we live well we live on the same road uh-huh. and um you know so it, it and he that's literally all he can cook is eggs so I was right. like oh god oh, my what's god. my kid gonna eat when it goes around there oh, oh, <laughs> no. oh. um and then I found like a a company that caters for restaurants that are catering for anyone now who do trays of 30. Oh. So if anything now I'm that guy that's got a lot more eggs in than she did before. Which oh, is silly. Wow. It's silly. Um no but I understand I mean I think a lot of
2: people a lot of people's go to cooking. They're like, you know, I'm not yeah. really a great cook but I can I, I can cook eggs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
2: Um, yeah.
0: Uh, oh, but anyway, anyway, your eggs and feta breakfast. Okay, so eggs and feta and then a
2: sourdough, toast, and then I make a breakfast mm. sandwich. And I was doing, I, I don't, I, I live in a very strange, tiny little house. It's like a really, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to, to describe. They're like peppered throughout. Um, the kind of bigger townhouses and, and row homes—they're really small and very, very twisty stairs, and there's only one tiny little room per floor. Amazing! Um, it's very, very strange. Um, and I think—I mean, I honestly think through my research, there were—that's this, this is where the servants lived. And they served the great. bigger houses, and, but even, <laughs> even still, it was like one family per floor. So compared right. oh, to them I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, Oh, there must've been a reason I was saying, I was talking about this, talking about my, um, um breakfast sandwich oh Oh, so i have a very tiny kitchen and i don't i don't have a a drip coffee maker i have a french press and i don't usually use it because actually my routine before this quarantine was going every morning i wake up take my dog for a walk and then i go to a cafe and i work for a couple hours and i drink coffee and i eat and it just makes things really easy i miss it so much (laughs) yeah Um, yeah of course. i just really miss it so i was like okay well now i have to freaking feed myself so I'm going to make a French press every morning. And it just took so long i mean i couldn't even believe it i was like i just i like i'm spending an hour and a half like making myself a breakfast sandwich and making myself a french press and like sitting i just don't i didn't understand why it was taking so long
0: oh god so it does take so ages to, so i've had exactly the same thing like i and can't it got even to, believe uh, well, it do you know i think i had a patch probably only of about six months in my 20s where i was trying so hard to be a pretentious prick <laughs> that i even ground my own coffee yes. beans yes. at home yes. and i look back on that now and go you had so much spare time <laughs> Lives, I, know, uh, I know,
2: I know, I know. Oh my God. So uh, I don't even know where this is going, but I, I was making yeah. French press. Now I'm so over it and I'm honestly, and this is this is a huge waste of money, honestly, but I just, I need something to be a little bit easier. I'm yeah. buying a lot of cold brew and just having that nice. morning now. Nice, it's Why not? nice, nice. It's very nice. Why not?
0: And, Perfect. And then Something lunch, that someone else can make.
2: Exactly. Just make my life just a tiny bit easier. Just, Lovely. <laughs> like, um, and then uh, I'm eating a lot of salads with cheese and fruit and chickpeas and toast with butter. That's like, nice. it's the easy. it's the easiest thing that I can make. It's the fastest thing that I can make. I get my yummy carbs. I get my, you know. Yeah whatever
1: get and then everything I, uh, I get
2: my everything and i i also will make like a pot of rice or a pot of um pasta and then yeah. put like meat and you know frozen vegetables and boom done i mean i'm not Perfect. a cook by honestly uh, i'm really yeah. not very good but i um i get by and it's fine i mean i'm bored i'm bored so bored of it but I, i'm so bored and i want my feta so badly but i know um,
0: i really feel for you about the feta it's really hard <laughs> like i've been um, um so like i'm a stand-up really by trade and i've been um doing some online gigs which are uh, allure unto themselves but um oh, wow. uh, my, my favorite thing to talk about is kind of to take them take the piss a little bit out of my i've got like a quite a pro- posh mom and uh-huh. um she's isolating down in the countryside and um <laughs> she's very obediently and stuff but she had a like a she's so kind of middle class that she had a like a, a bit of an sos like a, a bit of a panic went out because um she'd run out of tahini and pine nuts <laughs> <laughs> which is nobody's disaster but um I, and in the one breath i say that but then in the next breath like I went and found some tahini and pine nuts and sent them to her like Aww. I get it like actually we do need we do, I know I don't know yeah don't well, we have our there, routines
2: like, right we have yeah, routine routines that make us feel and I think that's another thing that's happening on many levels that people are like oh my yeah. god like how do I even organize my 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 mind yes. without a routine you know
0: well, we were talking about it before we started recording. We are just saying it's so exhausting. They're not knowing when the end of it is. And mm. I think that that's, um, and a lot of this kind of a lot of the advice to stay sane during this is to, um, to find a new routine, you know, and to have yeah. a routine within lockdown and mm-hmm. quarantine or whatever that you can, you know, do a similar thing every day. But also, I mean, it's um, like with so many types of advice, such a blanket thing to say, like yeah. that absolutely doesn't, apply to me like I have a life I've chosen a life of self-employment and travel and adventure and adrenaline and because that's what makes me happy Mm -hmm. so actually to start getting up with the alarm set at the same time every day and putting smart clothes on as if I'm going to work and put your earrings in like you were going to work and like you're kind of going hang on like what like I have no visual brand to maintain like I don't it's all it's like I'm not sure how much of this advice applies to me but I I I wanted to get your thoughts as well like on um I suppose how people's ideas around eating might be being challenged especially if they've been perhaps on a let's say road to recovery from Mm -hmm. uh a di- kind of a life on diets, and they've just begun to see the light, or just that sounds. I made yeah. it sound too religious and culty. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> but they've just begun to kind of let that shit go and just go with their body and take the judgment out and just be happy. They've oh. kind of decided to be happy yeah. and to let that stuff go. And at the very beginning of that trip. And then you are thrown into this world where your access to food might have changed. Your attitude to waste might need to change your attitude. Fundamentally, I think the hardest thing might be for some people. If you're just making your peace with the concept of being able to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, maybe you can't now literally. Um, and, and on top of that, I think that, uh, this type of, uh, you know, physical captivity does difficult and potentially hard things to how we perceive ourselves. Yes. You know, it feels like those, I would, for me, I can only talk from my experience, but those kind of two or three days you get during PMT where I think I um, I, I do not want to pass the mirror because right. I will not be kind. Right. To what, like, right. it, it feels like you've taken those three days and seeing if we can do several months like that. Oh yes.
2: <laughs> Exactly. Uh, There's so much here. And, and I, I really, really feel like the people who have just started or who maybe are even realizing during this quarantine, oh my God, look at my relationship with food. I I really want to do something Mm. about it. I, I think it would be so difficult to start right now. And it's not that I don't think it's possible. And, and on the flip side, I do think that there are people who are saying, you know, this is so strange. And so um, my, my world has been turned upside down that maybe this is actually the perfect time to yeah. completely revamp the way I look at food. And in a way, I, th- I really do think that there are people saying like, Oh, I can't believe that now that I need to look at food as something that I really need to have in my kitchen, and I really, we we've gone into a sort of survival mode that has the potential to reveal how wonderful food is. Yeah, <laughs> if like there is that true. potential, um, but I I think more than that, the people in the very very beginning of this of the healing process with mm. with food and with body. I just and I'm struggling to even know how to be posting on my social media accounts because a lot of what I post for us for people who aren't completely new to it a lot of people follow me who aren't really sure what it is or if they want to do it and to to ask people to
0: start what is a very scary thing for a lot of people yeah and a bit and and and, and, and actually like a often a bit of an emotional fucking rollercoaster it brings Um, up a lot and this is bringing up a lot
2: and so i think there's a world where that that could it could they could serve each other and you could have like a huge healing thing but i think what's more realistic and more likely to be the case is that it's just too much
0: to ask right now I couldn't agree more. I suppose if you look at it in terms of like, okay, you've got a journey to go on. Is this any time to be starting a big emotional journey? Maybe not, but equally, like you say, it could be in that sense that that it feels like it's never been more imperative a time. I've come a really long way. I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years and anyone who's listened to it the whole time will know that like I've I've done the journey in front of all of these people Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still feel like I'm on it in the sense that I have I have had the happy realisation during this lockdown, same as you were saying, really, that like, oh, I am there now with mm-hmm. eating. Like, yes. I don't feel any shame around any of this. I can have what I want when I want. And it's not issues around, you know, uh, what it's making me look like, etc. Mm-hmm. Where I've still got a lot more work to do because I feel like it's a slight, an utterly codependent and uh, but you I think it's possible to fix the eating without having fixed the self-perception I agree I completely issues. agree and so, and so that's why I still got a bunch of work to do um mm-hmm. and that's what feels like um well now is the time because yeah. to be spending this time where you have n- a lot of people have no one but themselves mm-hmm. to be with mm-hmm. or their closest people to be with there's no um there's no, there's no mirror, the mirror of strangers or friends, or, yes. you know, there's no myriad of support. Everybody you could go to for support is also needing support. This is such a weird time that, that, that surely like, it feels more imperative than ever to, uh, I think for me anyway, make some real effort not to hate on yourself physically.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I also think that I think for a lot of people, because it's such a there's so much unknown. It's, it's a crisis of sorts. Mm. Um, It's bringing up a lot of old coping mechanisms and it's bringing up a lot of old ways of operating and a lot of old ways that we tried to feel safe or a lot of, you know, ways that we would think or even fantasies we would have or whatever that made us feel like we were going to be okay. Um, And I think that that is so much of what uh, our relationship with food and even body can be a manifestation of like, how can I feel safe? How can I feel that I have control? Yeah. How can I believe that I'm doing the very best that I can and that I'm impressive or whatever. Um, yeah. So if those things are coming up right now, I think the last thing I would want is for someone to say, Oh my God, I, I haven't healed myself. Oh, I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. to realize it's normal. It's yeah. normal. This is an opportunity for more awareness. yeah, I yeah. And um, and it just be kind to yourself because it is nothing about this is easy. Nothing. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, no, exactly.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month face-lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto-renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why
2: you Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it.
0: Go to
2: Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: We were talking before this about like enforced productivity and stuff like that, but also yes. um, the, the exercise, the way that exercise is being spoken about by <laughs> our yeah. government here. I don't know what it's like there, but it's, we've had um, the police stop people routinely who've stopped to sit on a bench
2: really
0: in public because it's not exercise there's there was outrage on a sunny weekend where several people were sunbathing and it bears no like there's no Compassion. There's no context, but it's because I understand. I think it's part again of the human condition to really love feeling morally superior over others. Everybody loves that. We all love it, just like we all love the sound of our own voice. Like we get dopamine hit from it. We do. (laughs) Like everybody fucking loves feeling like they're a little bit better than everyone else. And so people are loving this shit, and they went crazy about people sunbathing. But all it takes is like one hypothesis. What if there are? What if somebody lives in a tower block without a balcony? There's a lot of those people in London. They walk 20 minutes to get to a green space. They're not particularly mobile. We don't know what their fitness is or what their body is like. That might be a huge amount of exercise for them. And when when they get there, they want to lie with their face, with the vitamin D pouring into their face for half an hour before they do the 20-minute walk back. What bit about that if they've not gone near anyone... It's bad. It's doing anything other than keeping that person sane. Like, I, it doesn't, I it feels like the language around all of it, like here anyway, has been like, you've got to exercise, you've got to exercise, and it's actually like, no, you've got to, you, you've got to stay away from other people. I know. That's all you've got to do. Like, I, I'm a little bit frightened
2: by uh, the way that this has sort of turned all of our brains into policing other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And being afraid of other people that Mm -hmm. really does concern me. It really does. That is a little bit, I mean, uh, even without that, what's going on right now is scary. There's unknown, the ripple effects on the economy and everything are that, that is scary in and of itself. I mean, the the virus is the first one, right? Then there's the ripple effects. But for me, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about our little uh, existential crises. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> had I had a big one yesterday and uh-huh. I, I really think that that was even kind of a big catalyst for it. me realizing kind of the fear, the inherent fear this is instilling in people. And it's yeah. not that I don't think that we should be social distancing, but, but then the ripple effect of that is like, how is this, what is it doing to our brains? Yeah. And our, our, the way that we relate to connection and, and, and other people and, and trust. And I don't know, it, it, it scares me a little, it really does. Yeah. And and again, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I can't even, I don't even know how to begin to mm. approach thinking about it or, or yeah. addressing it because we are just, we are just in the middle of it or just at the beginning of it. So that is a thing to me. And then, and then adding in the whole, you know, weight and health and this moral superiority, mm. you know, we are, just like you said it, we are then connecting exercise and what is a what is a worthy activity um yeah. and then policing people around that and even just in our minds even if it's not an actual police officer going up to someone and saying sure, you're not allowed. yeah yeah but i yeah no that but it, it is that's dystopian
0: me. like it's uh, uh, yeah. a brilliant friend um Katie Herring, who's a, she's an author and a, a comedian and a podcaster as well, but she made a really amazing point. I don't know if you've heard of him, but we have a guy here um, called Joe Wicks who's become like, he's going to get like a, a sainthood and a knighthood and stuff, mm. but he was already like an internet sensation. Um, and now he does a, a national PE class every single morning oh, for wow. children. I just, and I just Googled parents him. Join I wanted in. to see what And doing. it's... Um, it's basically the exact plot of 1984 oh, where everybody has to do their tele-exercise yes. in the morning. Like it's actually like prisons in our own home. Oh, I I, I did have a go at doing them. So I was like, well, you know, it might be useful, but luckily um, – even attempting them made my four-year-old so violent and naughty that we, I was like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not. I. I'm just. I'm just here doing star jumps and squats while I get the shit kicked out of me by my my non-compliant child. Like I'm oh not. God. I'm just not doing this anymore." But also the guy who runs them, Joe, and and you know he's out. You know he's anyway i I don't know he's given lots of money to the nhs and he's not a bad guy or anything but he definitely fancies himself as a bit of a jesus like he spends the whole time talking about my viewing figures are going up all the time there's another three million people there's three people in america now there's two people oh there's two people in australia i'm getting so successful sometimes he actually says i am getting so successful i am so successful i came from nothing look how successful i am all the way through it he talks about how amazing he is um it's like a it's like a parody of itself but but everyone like my mum is like oh god isn't he amazing you know, oh, yeah yeah yes what a great guy but it's weird it's so weird and I, I think basically what i'm trying to do it's tie into what you said before which is ultimately if if even though you know there are hopefully p- lots of patches of time for everyone we do feel fine we feel level we feel functional We are coping. And we are, on the whole, so far, at time of recording, there isn't mayhem everywhere. It's, I mean, there's horror everywhere and there's grief and there's sadness, but ultimately what we're doing is uh, trying to compute the very beginnings of the most horrific, Mm. massive trauma, massive emotional kick in the dick. So uh, it's so weird to then, on top of that, be being told that there are, that you have a moral imperative to be doing don't somebody else's idea of what, yeah. <laughs> don't don't get weight. weight. Don't, oh, <laughs> un, 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 unlike take joy where there is joy. Yes. Yes. And there is joy in eating. Yes. Oh <laughs> my God.
2: Yes. Like ugh. there's so, yeah. I think that there's just so much dissonance in what we're being expected to do right now. And, yeah. and Especially, I mean, again, I feel really lucky that I have, I already I came into this with a very solid and supportive perspective on food, weight, nice, yeah. exercise. I am so thankful for that. But I, if I just think about the people who have gone into this who are you know usually yo-yo dieting and feel really out yeah. of control around food and don't really know why they haven't tied it to their dieting yet and now yeah. they've had to stockpile food and they're going hog wild and they're binging like they always yeah. try not to do because they try to not keep too much food in the house that's that's like yeah. the way that they try to manage what they consider to be a food addiction and now yeah. they and then they feel guilty and then it just feeds itself and so i yeah. think if there was one thing i would want to say it would be just If that is happening to you, if you are noticing that, just to understand how restriction and how these rules, these personal rules and cultural rules about food and weight play into that cycle. And just to, like, be able to see it for what it is, I think that's really all that we can do right now without saying, well, now is the time to heal your relationship with food. Like we were saying, that's probably too much to ask, but to be able to point to that and say, look, look at this, like this the you know how at odds we are with all the different things that we're being expected to do right now this yeah. is why it's asking too much
0: yeah oh beautifully put <laughs> just so beautifully put can i ask you what you've brought to eat i think it might be yes. something we can't get here and then i'm, I'm embarrassed of mine and then i'll tell you mine
2: all right. Okay. So I, I think it was just yesterday. It's hard. It's hard to say. All the
0: days really just. Oh no! It's just one big day. One, I mean, one, the fact that it's already been a month. No is, wonder the days feel long. Like it's because it's one massive day.
2: One. One day. One. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's
2: so bizarre. So at some point. This week, I went to my little neighborhood health food store with my little mask on,
1: and I yeah. got not
2: enough food because I I carried it home. But yeah. I um, I grabbed two little packets of organic peanut butter cups. Okay, it. it's the um, it's the brand Theo. Do you know? Ooh,
0: I've never know. heard of Theo.
2: Theo is this? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but. Uh, and and I don't know if they're good or not because I've had a lot of I've actually done taste testing, taste testings nice. of chocolate peanut butter cups in the past. <gasps> and well,
0: uh, we only get Reese's. We only get Reese's here. That's uh, the only brand of peanut a, butter it's chocolate kind we of a, get here. It's an
2: American thing, right? The I didn't
0: realize butter. it was like such a phenomena that you've got competing peanut butter. Cup only really
2: everywhere. in the with organic so it's like right. all of these chocolate companies that do all these fair trade organic uh, um
0: okay. will
2: then just have their kind of brand of a peanut butter cup so that's what Fine. this is and i don't know if it's i mean i've had a lot where i've been like Ugh, this is this <laughs> really weird or this is way too such sweet. a good <laughs> noise
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
0: you was, expect it to be so nice. good you know and then <laughs> yeah. you really
2: taste it and you're like what what yeah. am i doing but that's what i have it's in a little packet right now
0: Beautiful. Well, I have just been to the supermarket for the first time in two weeks, wow. which I'm so smug about. <laughs> uh, but it meant that this time I got there, spent double the amount of money mm-hmm. that I planned to spend. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I was, I'm, I'm kind of on a budget at the moment. Um, I just need to be careful anyway. Mm-hmm. So why did I spend double? Like I just had the time of my fucking life in there. And it was a supermarket that did clothes. I've got absolutely enough clothes. I bought myself a green jumper with a big old zebra on it. Whoa. Yeah. 18 pounds um <laughs> <laughs> why did I do it um anyway but one of my favorite things to do and always has been uh, even pre, pre uh, pre-covid um when and it feels like a childhood thing and it feels like something that I didn't do throughout my teens and 20s and the beginning of my 30s because it felt like something that you don't do but as a kid I used to love getting like freshly baked crusty bread in the supermarket mm. and coming home and eating it. Sometimes you just butter on or just, or with whatever you feel like having on it. It was such a joyful kid thing to do. And my yes. friends all did it too. And we all like had had a friend that always ate the inside of a baguette and I would eat the crusty bit. Like anyway. I like the crust too. I like the crust. That's bit. the
2: part um, I like. I will rip out the middle and give it to people. I'll be like, I just want to eat the yes. crust. I just want to put butter on these crusts.
0: Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I've got a, uh, uh, well, I've, I've actually really quietly eaten one slice of it while we've been talking. Impressive. Because of this podcast, having gone remote, I've become very good (laughs) (laughs) at listening, (laughs) listening and eating. Um, uh, What I've done, and this is perhaps one of the most kind of like uh, uneducated, ill, I am so bad at geography and everything, but I've put peanut butter and um, jam on it to be American.
2: Yeah. Yes, as a nod
0: to you, as a nod to your people you and your like culture. It?
2: Do you like peanut butter and jam? Don't
0: believe I've ever tried it. You've it's jelly, isn't it? I meant to call it? No, I don't think so. I think let's just do it. Let's try <sighs> it. I've no, laid it on quite know. thick. So
2: we're both eating peanut butter.
0: Yes, exactly. So that's a nice coincidence. It is. A nice Mine's like a um, that's from a. We have like a cheap German supermarket here called Aldi. It's like their version of a knockoff version of a whole food smooth peanut butter. And it's just some like strawberry conserve jam. Oh what if you hate it? (laughs) I don't think I'm I'm not that into sweet things, but I think this because it's quite salty peanut butter we should be all right. I'm going in. Okay, I'm gonna bite this too. Hmm. Oh God. It's really good oh good yay yeah i think i had to be in the mood for that Mm -hmm. oh no i like it that you get the different things at different times Mm
2: -hmm. it's a similar thing to the chocolate peanut butter Uh it's this it's the sweet and the salty and i always want it to be very salty like i need the salt to be part (laughs) of it
0: yeah it's a big deal it's a big whoever first put a bit of salt into a bit of caramel is a so yes. I hope they've got this. I hope somebody's got them the penthouse suite in heaven ready.
2: <laughs> so true. you know, mm. I think of whenever I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I really don't very often. yeah, um and I actually think of it. it it tastes like a dessert to me. It really does. yeah, so it feels it, it usually feels strange to eat as a lunch or a dinner, but yeah, i think I think that it became. A thing during world war Two, like it was Did easy it? i i i could be wrong but i i do think that based on what i've heard that it be, it was like the easiest thing it was um
0: yeah it was non-perishable, peanut peanut it was... last for ages mm-hmm. and if you're making kind of well certainly here in world war Two, i don't know if it came to that over there but to to save wheat, people started making a much, um, oh God, like a wheat germ bread that you could make at home. Oh, and it was right. also sold and it was rock hard. It wasn't very appetizing. Mm. But actually, if you could slather some glorious
2: uh-huh. peanuts
0: and jam on top, then you're going to take the edge off of bad bad war bread. Well, I
2: also, I think it actually was for the soldiers. Right.
0: Like
2: it was non-perishable. It was portable. It mm. was... Um, it was dense, like peanut butter is very yeah. dense um, and cheap. But I, I sometimes when I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I'm like, I'm at, I just imagine that I'm like a soldier. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> 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 so I was and I've had it for the first time, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But yeah. how quickly you would get sick of it?
0: You would. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you would get sick of that so fast. You'd be like, no, oh, uh, please, I've, I've eaten no half of jelly. it. I loved it. I loved it that you got, you got like different tastes at different times and they did all go together and it kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel like sugar was the last thing I was left with, but I do feel like I've just spent a few minutes kind of really tucking in at a kid's party. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, you know, it really is the lunch of kids in America. Yeah, It's easy. Yeah. It's like you just slap it on, you put it in yeah. a little bag and you send them to school. You know? Sure. <laughs> you and it's something they can probably make seven. themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah. Glorious. So, talk talk to me about your organic um it's peanut butter. Cup. Good.
2: It's good. I. It's hold on. Let me take another bite. Actually, I would say this is probably one of the better ones that I've had. Okay. Mm, and I think it's the saltiness. I think that's what's so good about Reese's is that it's salty. Yeah,
0: so salty. Mm-hmm. They um they've um they've really proliferated over here. Like they weren't, they weren't you it used to be quite a niche novelty thing that you'd have mm-hmm. to get from like American candy stores on Oxford Street or whatever, and now it's everywhere. And they really brought their A game at Easter over here. Yes. I and
1: think when we they- have
0: um I know you have like the bunny and egg hunts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it's very, it's very chocolatey over here. It's very like it's a big deal for the chocolate industry. Yes. <laughs> Easter over here. And then the Reese's like Easter stuff was so good. <laughs> so and when there good.
2: are eggs, when it's like the mm-hmm. actual um, egg shape there's just
0: so there's so much room for so yes. much inside right it's so true <laughs> oh glorious um, on that note then I want to ask you do you think there's um, do you think there is anything and people often go for confectionery which is why I'm asking this now that you think uh, in your opinion needs to be eaten in a very specific perhaps ritualistic way
2: wait is there any food or is there anything
0: that yeah like Um, Mm -hmm. there's always certain chocolate bars and stuff here that people are like, no, this is how you eat it or this is how I eat it, basically.
2: Ooh, hmm. That's such a good question. I don't know... That I do, actually. Ooh, there's my mail. I literally like because my house is so tiny. <laughs> yeah. My couch. I'm on my. I'm sitting on my couch right now with the whole setup, and my. And your front feet door are in your kitchen. Yes, exactly. My front door <laughs> is three feet away, and the mail. Oh. Usually, when I'm doing some kind, some kind of podcast recording, there's a mail sound. Anyway, if you could hear that, that's what that was. But <laughs> that's okay. To the question, I honestly don't I, I I'm probably forgetting something but I don't really lie. think that I do. The only thing that came to my mind and this actually reminds me of the weird like mind game that I play with the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches pretending I'm yeah. a
0: soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. You basically got a time. kind of like secret fantasy when it comes to so That's weird. very cool. That's, um that counts as a ritualistic way of eating something. If there's something that you can them, only yeah. eat while you're, you only really enjoy eating while you're fantastic, pretending that you are World War II war hero.
2: I used to, yes, exactly. I used to do that a lot as a kid. Like I would have yeah. these little fantasies of like what I was eating while I was eating. And um one of them was with, cheese. And nice. I grew up in a, in a house where we all thought we had lactose intolerance. My mom actually did. Okay. Well. I didn't really, but I thought that I did because right. I don't know. Um, but whenever I could get my hands on cheese, usually at a friend's house, I would pretend I was a mouse <laughs> 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 so stupid. and I would like eat it, like take like really, really tiny little bites like Amazing. I was, like I was in, like, I, I, I think in my head it was like the, the Disney movie Cinderella and those little mice and they would get a little hunk of cheese and they would like eat it. I don't know. I would like do that with my, with my cheese. Mm-hmm. And so that was one, but I would do it every time I was like, okay, I'm a mouse and I'm going to take tiny little bites of this. And I would also do a thing where I would pretend, I would pretend when I had a snack, I would pretend that I, was taking free samples (laughs) from a a grocery store amazing uh, and and that i would keep going back for more and that they would start getting annoyed with me and not want me to eat all of the it was
1: was
2: but i used to do that all the time like it was this little it was this little game of like can i get more but it was all in my head yeah um there were more like that, but I would do weird stuff like that all the time, but I don't, I don't do that. Thankfully. I, God, don't I
0: absolutely love it. <laughs> I used to, um, when I was a kid, my, um, we'd get put, me and my cousins would get put um, with my grand, with our Nana, with our grandma for lots of the school holidays where our parents worked or mm-hmm. went on nice adult, ho- adults together holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, um, I used to try and... We were quite creative, like, in the way that we played. <laughs> we used to do lots of, like, dens and kings and queens and we set up restaurants and stuff. But I would always try and get them. Only, only ever went for it once or twice and they got bored of it so fast, but I was really into it. I would try and get them to be cats. <laughs> and what that meant was... Lots of like being on all fours with a bowl of milk, trying yes. to get you any that, milk drunk with just the just use your of tongue. your tongue.
2: <laughs> as oh. soon as you said that, as soon as you said you tried to get them to be cats, I was like, totally. You, you were trying to drink milk out of li- a little saucer.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard, right, if you haven't got a cat's I tongue. Bet. <laughs> I bet. I, <laughs> I haven't bet. seen the film Cats yet, but everyone said it's really weird. And I really hope at some point, A human dressed as a cat with tits does try and drink like without their hands.
2: I saw it and I was crying, laughing in the beginning. (laughs) Like I was just dying. And I majored in musical theater. Like I and I grew up listening to cats. My mom loved cats. Nice. I knew the movie was going to be awful. And I was actually like, my, it was my friend that wanted to see it because he thought it would be funny. He wanted to like be okay. a part of a cultural experience. And I was like, oh, fine. Okay. And I just <laughs> like, I, it just was so absurd that I was truly, I mean, for the for, the whole opening sequence, it was just, I, it was too strange. It was too, yeah. I don't remember if they, if they drink milk the way that you were <laughs> a child, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. It was just so and because it was so strange, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have even have been the strangest thing in the movie, you know?
0: Uh, so that's why. I <laughs> it feels like good, um, it feels like good apocalypse watching. Actually, I might get that on the old list. Everybody's going so nuts for that Tiger King thing. And I think it must be, it must just be, Yeah, I think we really want to be taken into a, an even stranger world. Yes, and uh, exactly. and, and, and it's, it's only things like cats and Tiger King that can do it for us. Exactly. Do you have any, um, particular like uh inclination about how you think food might change in the future perhaps Mm. because of technology or the environment or how people eat or hopes even if not opinions oh
2: that is such a good question and I don't think I have a very smart answer oh
0: no don't have to be smart
2: (laughs) but i do i mean i'll go with the hope thing i really do i really 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 hope that there will be more of an understanding around how dieting affects our relationship with food because i I, there is not that it is it is very fringe it is not a mainstream understanding that dieting and obsessing over food and restricting actually makes you feel more out of control around food. Um, And if there could be, because I think intuitive eating is having, you know, it's having its, its moment and it's spreading. And I think more people are open to it or it's sort of like in the cultural zeitgeist a little bit more. And I really, I just really, really hope that that understanding can be more mainstream and can spread because I think it'll it yeah. will take away a lot of misery
0: for people yes. just to understand that in the first place. Yep. that's a hope. That's a great hope, <laughs> um, and I share it. <sighs> the shapes square and triangle get pissed off and totally vanish. They just leave the party. At first, no one cares, but then we realise there's no toast, no chessboards, no roofs boats lose all of their sails everything goes to shit, it's pandemonium luckily uh, squares and triangles agree to come back but only a few, and weirdly it does have to be you, read all the different versions of the English dictionary but someone's thrown them around a massive forest so they're all really hard to find and it takes ages it sounds impossible but you do it you're the hero of all people forever and ever and ever your prize and reward is uh, a place in history as the woman who saved us all from the terrible square and triangle drought of <laughs> 2020 uh, that's what we're going to remember this year for um, And um, but your award in the moment and bearing in mind you are feeling amazing because you have just been like crowned king of the world um, is the feast of your dreams so I want to know if you were in the happiest kind of readiest to eat headspace mm-hmm. What would be the your favourite thing or things or many things in the world to eat, to drink? And if there's a who with and where, then who with and where? And nothing has to have, I don't want anything to have any consequences. Nothing Ooh. even has to be possible.
2: Ooh, this is such a great way to reframe the question, what would your last meal be. Yes, exactly. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Oh if
2: you're not I, just
0: thinking I, about your impending death, what would be a right, to eat?
2: you and it gets to be a celebration. Uh you know, it's so weird. I never I've never had an answer for I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try, but I've never had an answer for the Um, what would your last meal be? So I'm going to see what I come up with right now. And
0: Well, I was going to say, whenever anyone gives me an answer to this, which they do at the end of every one of my podcasts I've done, I always assume it's their answer now. Like, it's not right. your answer. If I asked you in 10 minutes, you might have a different answer. Right. I'm willing right. to throw that out there. And the amount of times people text me after we've finished <laughs> recording, going, I didn't put crumpets. Could you put something in the house? Like, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Like, not, yeah, your answer stuck. will be different You're whenever I stuck. ask.
2: You yeah. do not have to. Yeah. This okay. is real. <laughs> so, I, I wonder if you have some version of this in the UK, but
0: I really love lobster rolls oh no i've heard of them I, and i think you can get them in like pop-up places and stuff in central london but i've never had one and i, I don't have, have them it.
2: very often and they're a very they're a very new england food like they okay. yeah um which i don't live in new england uh, new england's like above new york connecticut rhode island um maine and sea towns but anyway i i love them and they're um there's they're well there's cold ones and hot ones, but I love the hot ones. They're Ooh. so tiny. It's so frustrating because they're tiny, they're li- like
0: a little hot dog bun size. Oh, God, I've Um, just Googled it. And actually, you definitely can get them if anybody in the UK is listening. When the world reopens in Neil's Neil's Yard, inside there, where there's just hundreds of food stores that there were, hopefully again, in a few months, you can definitely get lobster rolls in there. It looks like a hot dog, but full of lobster. But full of
2: lobster. And (gasps) there are two different kinds. I don't like the cold one as much. I think the cold one, has it's cold lobster and mayonnaise and Mm -hmm. maybe lemon. I like the hot ones. I forget the one of them is like a Maine lobster roll, and one of them is a Boston or something. But um, <sighs> the, I don't know which is which. But I like the hot one and and a lot of hot um, melted butter, and it's just Love. salty and and they're so small and so and they're so expensive because it's lobster. So every time I rarely order order one, it's never yeah. enough food. I always wish that I had gotten two, but that's like $40. $40 yeah. But, shit. Um, so I would have two. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Of course. I would have two hot lobster rolls and I mm. would have, um, I think I would have like a really good glass of Rose from the South of France. Lovely. And um, what dessert would I have? Um I don't know if this goes together but I really love a uh, really good carrot cake with cream cheese Ooh. frosting. I don't know if you do that over in the UK either. Yeah, we really do that. yeah. Um yeah, I think that's what I would do.
0: Beautiful. That's so lovely. <laughs> it's it does sound that it sounds really good and it's there's something uh there's something very I I feel like I would want to join you, and I'd want the sun to be on my face. Yes, for that meal. Is that that's the not rose a, yeah. That's, that's well not like it. a by it's the really fire odd. kind of meal. It feels like a put the sun in my face and yeah, some sitting sandals outside and grass under in a me. city yeah. or maybe like by a marina or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, on a dock, on a dock. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Smelling the sea, smelling the sea. Oh God. Oh, I know God. now. i It's almost becoming. It's almost becoming erotic. When is yeah?
2: <laughs> Why can I do that? <laughs> oh,
0: God! <Okay. laughs> Everybody stay in so it doesn't take as long, okay? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I need yeah. two lobster rolls and two glasses of rosé, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for oh, talking to me. So thank you. Fun. This was so fun. Thank you, you for having You are lovely. Me. Thank you. Say scrumdiddlyumptious. Oh, no. And then you can be in my podcast.
1: Scrumdiddlyumptious.
0: Oof, that was a juicy episode, wasn't it? It felt like a really important one, especially at this kind of extremely anxious, stressful and often eating related stressful time, actually. Um, please follow Caroline on social media to start with on Instagram. Uh, she posts little sentences every now and again that just blow my heart. They're so wise and nice. Uh, and I'm not into live, love, laugh shit. It's none of that shit. It's just... So insightful. Um, at fuck it diet, one word. At the fuck it diet. Sorry. At the fuck it diet, but one word. And her book is called The Fuck It Diet. Please get it. Um, again, like I'm not being paid. paid uh, no one's asked me to endorse this book. I came to Caroline. She didn't even ask me. I begged her to do the podcast. The book is extraordinary. It's so good. Um, I'm rereading it through the lockdown and. Um, Oh, my God, it's doing wonders for me. Um, it's just great. It's just great. Um, if you've got spare money, give it to the Trussell Trust. They're running food banks all over the place. If even after that you've got spare money, go to patreon.com forward slash pod and you can see how you can support the podcast and what you'll get in exchange. Follow us on social media at the Hoovering Pod. That's on... Um, twitter and on instagram and if you're following at the hoovering pod on instagram on monday nights at nine i'm doing hoovering lives liquid hooverings with former guests and they are being an absolute bloody blast follow me if you want at jessica fosterke um and if you've got anything longer than a tweet to send me check out my website jessica huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast hoovering is produced by emma corsham and the music is by mike greenway until next week happy hoovering